<laughs> you've seen me rant about every update of every piece of software that like Oh, I know. I could be a I could be a highly paid software engineer. I've got it. I've got it. Let's take all of the words that indicate what things do, but then change them into pictures and icons. But oh, really yeah, simple icons. But then how can we make everything rounder? Uh they were we already rounded the edges last time we did an update, but can we make them more round? People just really love circles. How many more circles can we put things? Can we take up more visual space whilst decreasing the information that we're providing or the, the access? How can we do that? How can we take up all of the visual space with nothing useful? Let's do that in our update because that's going to be more intuitive and people are going to love it. Mm-hmm. Also, all of the features that you used to have, let's just hide them behind menus. But then you have to click like a monkey or a five-year-old on anything in any way or shake something or do a hula twist, and then it will open up a menu, but only for really active users who have the brain of a monkey or a five-year-old. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. ching Millions. When you were talking about the curved edges, I heard I had this flashback to my grandpa complaining about pickup trucks and how they at one point all became pregnant. His words. Yeah. (laughs) That like before they had like jagged lines and edges and sharp. And that's those were pickup trucks. And then at some point they started getting softer and rounder and more curved. And he said all of them looked pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why that's the thing, but it's, but it's like, you can go back to like 98, 97, 2000, like all of the software updates. We know you're used to like opening a menu and it has words that oh, we I use know words exactly to describe the about. thing. And like, now you just have like squiggle, squiggle dot shape. What is that? Is that collate? What does that mean? You'll figure it out. <laughs> get it. We're just trying to make this easier for you. Yeah. Oh my God. Also, it doesn't help that I'm like, like an auditory, like highly auditory person. Can I transition into one of the movies? Good there's Lord. a quote from one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah. From one of, my favorite quote from this movie. Okay. We watched Wayne's World just recently. Oh my jeez. Because uh, Faye had never seen it before. Uh-huh. And one of my favorite lines in that, oh, Dana Carvey is a fucking treasure. He is yeah. so wonderful in that movie. Every time he was on screen... Faye would giggle just like, cause he's so sweet. Like yes. anyway, so there's one line in it when they say, when uh, Rob Lowe's like evil character comes up and is like, well, we're going to have to make some changes uh, to the show. And, uh, and Dana Carvey's character, Garth goes change. We fear change. <laughs> and like as you were talking about facebook that's all i was hearing change. in my head change we fear change yes <laughs> ah, speaking of iconic duos i watched bill and ted no spoilers face the music no spoilers i've heard good things though Oh, that is one of you? those those movies that uh, are part of my early memories. So like Breakfast Club, oh, yeah. Bill and Ted's yeah. uh, Excellent Adventure, Pee Wee Herman is for, like some of the early things that I would play outside. Young Guns, sure. Back to the Future. So to like get to see what they do with the continuation of the story and yeah. have them just like 
drop fully back into the, well, like I think the thing that ma- to just pleased me the most is you know how Keanu has been just sort of made fun of his entire career for that's where his career started. <gasps> yes, dude, yes. right? That he just so dropped so earnestly yeah. back into that character and gave us this gift. Yeah. That is so bass player of him. Yeah. Well, I do think he is a professional. Like, that's the thing is he's gotten so much crap for being a bad actor. But I think we had this conversation about Devil's Advocate. Right. Where I was saying, I think that he actually can act. He chooses not to. Or more accurately, he chooses to act like a blank slate. Yeah. In most of his movies, because that's actually really hard to do. But the Fair. blank slate character is a is a an, uh, a very specific archetype for action type movies because you want your audience to be able to project themselves onto the protagonist. Oh. So you want an actor who's kind of like a wooden block to a certain extent. Um, if they have too much character, like think about all those great like they're they have charming and they have one liners, but they don't have a lot of personality or weird quirks sure we'll make him vulnerable by making him drink right but he's not like really into collecting like figurines or something like (laughs) they don't give him a a personality beyond that because all those little personality things make your audience go oh well that's not like me but you know yeah i think you might be onto something because i'm thinking about the rock right right and I'm like, that's totally me. But it's because I have so many and so much of these personalities going on. Yeah. That the quirkier and weirder, the more I relate to somebody. I'm like, oh, yeah. totally that. I would yeah. absolutely. Of course, I would be like the rock and everything he's in because fuck yeah. Right. And it's probably why in the instance where there are characters who are more clean slate. I have I have challenges with that because they don't relate to. Yeah not entirely having a perspective, but I have also had a lot of conversations this week about the ways in which men are not allowed to express emotions or feel them. They're cut off from their foreskin and then their emotions and then so many other things. Right. And potentially that's the sort of the unaffected human was is sort of an ideal. Even the Spock ideas. Oh my God. Yes. I love where you're taking this. Completely so, agree. So you can you, you can you can project your own personality onto a more blank slate, Keanu, like in Speed. And I think he was not a blank slate in Constantine. I remember actually liking that movie. <sighs> I do love that movie. I mean, in a in a like uh, popcorny kind of way. <laughs> and um, he wasn't as blank, but yeah, Speed, uh, Point Break. Uh, chain reaction like there's some of these forgettable ones that a lot of people don't even remember he was in where he's really forgettable which is kind of that's the thing who's the guy who played in Avatar right I haven't seen that you've never seen Avatar wow no it's 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 such a big commitment and then you in what way well it's long and then I have to find it Mm. Mm. (laughs) it probably it's somewhere uh I think you'd like it, but that guy. Yeah. Okay. So he was in other stuff. He was in a movie called 
phone booth. He was in the Terminator Salvation movie. He was in uh, a couple of other movies where the point is you don't even remember who that actor is. Like yeah. nobody does. Like yeah. the point is he's kind of invisible. And, sure. uh, and I think there's actually an art to that. And I think Keanu is really good at that. And now he's sort of become this character caricature of himself now. So he's yeah. been able to break out of that. But for the longest time, he was just this professional working actor who it turns out is super nice and busts his fucking ass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that an archetype? When we talk about. Oh, the blank slate. Is that what you mean? Kind of. Is that so I'm thinking about it. There are so many different versions of the like the action hero or the cop that just sort of like diligently goes yeah. about doing the next thing without emotions. Yeah. You know, the different firefighter, the different cops, and they're just like Yeah. You know what it makes right? me think of? I mean, so there's something about like long suffering and the word stalwart comes to mind mm. that there's definitely something in that yang like i'm going to do this and nothing's right. gonna stop me i mean die hard but he did have personality he was yeah, not a yeah. blank slate no um which is one of the reasons that movie's so great i think uh but the thought that came to my mind was the buddhist concept mm-hmm. that the the part of your mind that you experience yourself as subjectively is the observer. Sure. And that it isn't really the, the, the actual observer doesn't get angry. It Mm. doesn't feel love either. It's just Mm. this thing that's watching everything. And I wonder if there is something about a character that gives that impression that they are this like, I have an intention and I'm going after that intention. Right. I mean, James Bond, like the, the, the Daniel Fair. Craig version of James Bond is so much this like deter, uh, uh, Liam Neeson in Taken. Sure. I was just thinking the fallen, the angel is fallen, angel is whatever that, that, that dude, I don't remember his name, but he's the, what do they call the security for the president? Uh, Secret mm-hmm. Service? Bodyguard? That is two S's. I was like, the SS! And I'm like, that's different. What is it? Anyway, so the Secret Service guy. <laughs> you can't be the first person to have thought of that. But I have not thought of that until you just said it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, wrong, wrong thing. No, SS, that's right. Can, no, can we right. go on a, on a very slight detour for a second? Do you know who um, Mitchell and Webb is David Mitchell and I can't remember somebody Webb. They're they're a comedy duo, sort of mm-hmm. like um, Hugh and Laurie, right? Uh, British comedy duo. They have sure. this one bit where they're like in the trenches and they're they're not they're Nazis and they're <laughs> one of whatever their uniform has a skull on it uh-huh. and they're like hiding and then one of them they're kind of in a lull and one of them looks to the other one and he goes, "Hey." have you ever thought we might be the bad guys? <laughs> and he's like, I mean, we do have black. We're wearing black with red and there's a skull on our uniform. And it seems like that's not, that. And he just goes on and the two of them are like, well, no, maybe. 
<laughs> this made me think of it. The SS. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think Mark Wahlberg has played a little bit blank slate oh, yeah. in some of his stuff. Yeah. Um, Jack Reacher, that version of the Tom Cruise character is a little bit more yeah, like that. No, no, I was going to say Tom Cruise. I think he's a good example because there's some examples where he it, where he has personality and he knows yeah. how to do that. Yeah. But like the Ethan Hunt character is nothing, right? There, there's very little there to his personality. I mean, what what is he loves his wife, the ex-wife? Like that's all we know yeah. about him. There's okay in personality that doesn't happen as much in like if you compare it to a uh, some of these other characters even um, Ben Affleck's the accountant but Ben Affleck's the accountant uh, is on the spectrum so right. the right. Ethan Hunt fails a lot in useful just he like barely makes it and he has these reactions to it that has some amount of personality yeah There's I guess like, I'm talking like character traits like character development individual like we don't know his family we don't know right. where it came from we don't sure. know what he likes we don't know what his hobbies are beyond impossible missioning he um, can't pass his own bechdel test <laughs> <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> yeah oh uh, poor kitty who who else fits in that category because like like um Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy. Personality. Not an entirely blank slate. Like yeah, there's Paul a little Rudd. bit of characterization there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Paul Rudd, even uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, uh, I think with Thor, he was a blank slate until the third one. Yeah. He had a little bit of humor in, in Avengers and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it yeah. started to come out. Yeah. Like, Something about don't say anything about my brother. Well, he's adopted. Like <laughs> those <laughs> lines and stuff. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do think this is an archetype. And I wonder if it just sort of boils down to um, this idea that like the pure Yang is just the observer, that it doesn't have feelings. Like it, in a sense, like if it may, if your character get, if your hero gets too angry, mm-hmm that's him being too affected by the situation what you want is for him to be like i'm upset and then he makes a decision about what he's going to go and do and then he goes and does it right well i'm just starting to think uh, a few weeks back maybe a month ago i was having that i know that you've you've it's sort of characterized in like life resentment a little bit of angst a little bit of like uh, something amazing happens and then the rest of life is not so good. Like the, 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 the fall after these kinds of moments. So I was having one of these days where I'm just like, why do we, why do we life? I don't want to die in particular, but like, what the fuck? Why do we life? All this entropy, all this loss, hurt, challenges. And I kept like having that, like, this is the Sisyphean challenge of like, fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> life man and so i'm wondering if this archetype is also connected to whatever this it's not it's not conscious and it's not even unconscious i think it must be sort of like this like deeper older cellular older than even reptilian brain like this thing 
that continues to persist no matter fucking what, because there's some pearl of like, not just like, oh, Buddhist, it's all fascinating and interesting, but just this like thrust that even when we want to stop it, it won't. And it just keeps going forward. And so they keep making these movies to perpetuate this like inner deep, like, why am I not just napping for a month? It's all stupid. Who, why do we do it? Why do we show up to all of it? So I energize your bunny, but not. I had an interpretation. I love this where you're going with this. I had an interpretation of the movie Alien, which incidentally was one I wanted to talk about today as well. Mm -hmm. So good job giving me segues. I got this two hour long documentary from this one guy named Rob Iger, who I I really, really love um, his YouTube channel. He, he, uh, he's, obviously trained in hypnosis and NLP. I've actually corresponded with him before um, because I complimented him on his videos and then I bought some of his stuff and um, uh, which I think he might be the only person on YouTube I've ever personally corresponded with. I just messaged (laughs) him and was like, I love this stuff. And I can tell you've clearly been trained in NLP and he, he likes to talk about like subliminal stuff. So Mm -hmm. in the, in the alien one, he does all this stuff about showing uh, the all the set design that looks like teeth <laughs> and mouths. <laughs> so like there's these super yeah. obvious scenes where they're walking into this hallway and it's a, it's a mouth that looks, it even has two sets of teeth to look exactly like the alien if you just turned it this direction. Right, right. And they're like, he's like all this subliminal stuff that just makes you uneasy and all these like hypnotic sounds and like subliminal heartbeats and different things that he points out. Anyway, so he, in a different video, like a lot of people have pointed out, that one of the core anxieties that that movie plays on is rape, particularly male rape. So the idea of, like, being impregnated and something bursting out of you, right? Yeah, which is... But there's another one that I thought of. That in addition to that, I completely see that symbolism. There's another part of it, and it's it's something about the insect-like nature of this alien. Yeah. And I think that you said it's like older than reptilian, right? Yeah. And I, when I think about that, the only thing that 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 falls into that category are like insects mm-hmm. and bacteria like Mm -hmm. those are the the next step up is vertebrates so you end up with snakes at that point reptilian brain but insects have this kind of like you can rip the thing apart and it will keep doing its job right it doesn't (laughs) really give a shit because it's almost a computer it's almost a robot like their their nervous systems are so simple and it this thought we don't like the alien because it reflects that part of us back to ourselves. Yeah. Um, did we talk about the Borg on this? I don't think we have talked about the Borg. I don't know if you're a Star Trek. Forever ago, start like the Star Trek original original yeah. series. No, no, no. Next generation. That's where the Borg lives. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then I would make an argument that the alien from Aliens and the Borg are the two greatest monster enemy. Maybe maybe you could limit that to science fiction, but I would say in any movie ever, potentially. And I think the reason is because they both play on these aspects of ourselves that we find so repellent. One of them is this 
this insect-like thing. This yeah. just like don't care, must eat, kill, eat, kill, eat, kill, eat. Move, That's it. Moving. And it's yeah. it's so simple and it's so vicious. But it's not even it's it's like cool and impersonal. Like it doesn't even care because it doesn't see you as a thing. Right. You're just yeah. The Borg, on the other hand, have a similar uh like a similar like something gone haywire but with the borg it's like perfection like we're trying to assimilate and get better and get better and get better but it never stops and asks the question for what purpose sure so the borg is a representation of like all of the scary versions of ai and robot and computing that is trying to like I don't know, perfection and perfect life. And I don't know that I've seen that a lot in other things. Yeah. The Borg, the Borg though, does it so well because they have this, it, it, to me, it's ambition. That's what it is. Okay. Like it's, this is the problem with ambition when it goes haywire is that it becomes this at any cost, and there's something so twisted about this, like they're organic and also biomechanoid and their and their whole thing is uh, we want unity. Everything must be the same. Oh. Like we, we will assimilate you and incorporate you and then all of us will become one new thing together and there will be it will homogeny, right? Everything right, right. will be the same. That is a very, we're talking about Yang again. That's a very Yang principle is like, diversity bad sameness good um and uh, and the idea of like wanting to finish or complete is uh -huh. a very yang thing too to yep. like like the scientific pursuit to break everything down to its tiniest component and then be done with it that's like the ultimate goal of yang is to finish and be like <sighs> and you were talking about that relentless like i can't rest Right. thing that's yeah. the same thing like they're all tied together on this yang side and when it goes evil like you end up with alien borg and stuff so in some sense we don't know the motivation of the like insect ambition it still right. has like a relentless drive and ambition no but i think i think there it's just instinct like that's yeah. kind of what's so scary about it but in a sense yes it's that same just like dogged pursuit Whew. Oof. That's all really creepy. <laughs> well, but we got here because we were talking about heroes. Sure. And you were talking about how... The blank the, slate the, version. What? Like the choice to have a hero that doesn't emote and just keeps yeah. doing the next thing and doing right. the next thing and making the next choice and it just keeps going. And uh, the ah, it gets more video gamey the for us in these generations yes. like like i was talking about extraction with chris uh hemsworth mm -hmm. and like he's in i think is he in india he's in a place i'm just gonna say with a lot of brown people and i'm only saying it like this because it got very video gamey and then here's this, this giant white guy shooting all the brown people like faceless yeah. no character and they're just unending flood of 
darkly tan humans just getting shot. And I'm like, this is and then it's like, must crazy. get the key to open this door. And oh, now we have to go to this next set piece of action yeah. sequences where I can kill people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of felt like even though I really loved them, the John Wick movies were the first one was amazing. The second and third one to me felt like it definitely fell into that video game. Um, like uh, get the high score. Like, yeah. But if we're talking about this like ambition and this relentless pursuit thing, and if we were talking about the way in which our art and media can impose philosophies and values, if we were talking about that, it's reminding me quite a lot about the video game that uh, that is our capitalism and it's relentless oh, yeah. for no end. Like, here's the funny joke about capitalism. Um, your princess is in another tower. There's no mm. princess in any tower. You don't win anything. Uh, and you're stuck in someone else's game. And all of the people you think you're fighting and shooting and blocking and whatevering, um, they're in the game with you. They're, they're just as fucked as you are. Anyway, so I was just thinking about this, like, this blank slate archetype person could also be something rooted in our in our cultural values of of what's like required that like mm. hard work ethic yeah and just do the next thing yeah yeah don't have any emotions like emotions are weak yep. and that i mean obviously that's toxic masculinity but it's i mean that that still gets applied to women too. Like, oh yeah. No, I mean, yeah. we have toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. We all exactly. have to heal that exactly. because that is right. the paradigm that we're yeah. supposed to aim for. Yeah. Uh, Especially in a patriarchal society that says that's better than this. Mm-hmm. So then even if you are female, there's a part that's like, but I should be pursuing this. And if I'm really going to get, if I'm going to get there in life, I have to be like this. Mm-hmm. And that archetype is broken. <laughs> yeah and it doesn't this, actually work i don't know if this fits in though so the thing i watched most of last week was winona earp and winona earp is based on a graphic novel i believe and so it's sort of old west supernatural winona is the great great granddaughter of wyatt earp and in this world wyatt earp um is cursed and all of the people that he killed with his peacemaker gun, they all come back to life. They go to hell and they come back to, to life every time the new Earp air uh, turns like 27 or 28 or something like that. So Winona has to now fight this old battle from her like old West grandfather's baggage and issues. So there's that. And these things keep... You know, you shoot them, they go to hell. I like then... the generational curse uh, metaphor there. That's ah, great. Generational the curse metaphor. Yeah, she's a bit of um, she's a bit of the, the hot mess trope that's really popular in when females get to be heroes. I don't know if that's yeah. outside of the patriarchy or not, but they're okay. Here's what's fun: the show itself is really clever and goofy. She has maybe two thirds the amount of one liners and quips that are balls deep hilarious as uh deadpool and and like just 
I'm not wearing the t-shirt, but the t-shirt is full of these ridiculous, amazing one-liners that can be said. And uh, it's, it's one of those shows that's made with a smaller budget. So they find really creative ways of using the same spaces, but taking you to different worlds and dimensions. And it's funny as fuck. And so here we've got somebody who is pretty emotional. Like a lot of the people in this are emotional and they're doing this heroic thing. Uh, and on one hand, like she's trapped. She doesn't, she has to do this kill the demons theme. Uh, it's not her choice. And it's really interesting to see how these people take on participating in this thing that wasn't their choice. I think it's a, it's a funny, goofy show. But I was thinking about that is definitely not a blank slate character, this Winona. She's really hilarious. Uh, and she's surrounded by some quite adorable people, plus demons. Yeah. I don't know if it's inside or outside of the trope. Well, we, I mean, uh, the female protagonist, especially in like action oriented, like, um, I'm trying to think, is there more of the blank slate or less of it? And I don't actually know. Cause like, I think there's just the hot mess version. So, okay. In my recent viewing, um, we've got Red, what is it? Red Sparrow, which was a weird, weird thing. Yeah, Katniss I, would in, need, I don't even know if I would put, yeah, Katniss, that, that's very more like slate. a very blank slate. Um, uh, Ray Skywalker, blank slate. Right. Um, uh, Charlize Theron in like Atomic Blonde, blank slate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was a John Wick, like, homage. So, obviously, that one's going to be that. Uh, I would even say, although we haven't seen the movie yet, but I'm guessing that the uh, Black Widow is going to be pretty blank slate. Um, maybe they will finally give her some character in this one, but I kind of doubt it. Yeah, she's a little bit more blank slate-ish. Although she's like... You can tell she cares deeply for her friends because she expresses it in action, but not necessarily. She expresses it in the emotion of I'm not showing emotion because I can't fall apart. That's exactly it. Yes. <laughs> That's yes. how she says, I, I can't right now. She like will literally say how she can't emotion. And I'm like, well, could you? <laughs> uh, oh, um, the what's her nut? Okay. There's the robot and then the, the earth, Ga Guardians of the Galaxy with the hair, the love interest. She is also oh, playing sweet. Gamora. Gamora. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, she has one defining trait that it's basically, I hate my dad. Hot? Oh, she no. hates her dad. Like my, my dad was very bad and mean to me. Her um, sister, who's full of all the other uh, robotic pieces, has uh, way more emotions. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. But villains are the interesting characters in stories anyway. Usually. They actually have something going on. They have an opinion. They have... Uh, I'm trying to think other female action... I mean, what's the, what's the movie with Gina Carano that you and I both really love? Oh! Eek! Ha ha! H. Channing Tatum. H. Hi, hi, what? High wire? Hi, hi. 
Hi, no, not high wire. Haywire. Haywire. Yeah. Did she have emotions? <laughs> I, I don't remember. No. No. Not even close. Also, I don't know. There's this amazing Zoe Bell movie, Angel of Death. Holy crap. If you have not seen it, that's amazing. Uh, it starts with she gets stabbed in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and then doesn't die and uh and then she has to go uh fight kill figure out why she's been stabbed in the head and what the heck happened and why people are trying to kill her <laughs> uh i just had one that popped in my head but maybe it's tv shows the head. maybe it's tv shows that have this like female hero where they get to have emotions because you get to like go into the character longer over episodes so lost girl Bo has emotions and <laughs> whole lot of stuff she and her uh sidekick partner are sort of hot messes ish kind of there's a lot going on emotionally bad decisions happen uh stump town is the new one with um sometimes i know her name she's in the second jack reacher and she's in she's in avengers avengers she's awesome yeah she's the um the agent of shield that's only in the movies Oh, she was also in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, sometimes uh, I know her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, she's in Stumptown. There's, there's definitely this version of the female hero where they drink a lot and they have a lot of sex. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, and Jessica Jones comes to mind. Right. 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 That's their coping mechanism. Uh huh. The lots of drinking and happenstantially uh, beating the bad guys, but usually showing up very hungover and um, reticent. And that's what other character traits are. I mean, not that I'm saying this is much different for guys because it's typically he's either like a boy scout or he's a drunk. Like you basically have Captain America and Iron Man. And those are all action movies. Those are the only uh, like you said, Constantine wasn't a blank slate, but he was just a drunk character. Yeah, he's just drunk and angry. He has baggage. Right. Resentful. Mm -hmm. So there's the baggage hero. Yeah. But There's but this is where show. I this is where I would say someone like it's shit Chris- show or no show. It's <laughs> good. This is where I would say someone like Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy is actually a little bit more interesting, mm. and and even like um like Deadpool is very like genre breaking in a sense because he's just quippy and he doesn't give a shit mm-hmm. about really much. Yeah. Um, which is that's interesting. Uh, there's a little bit going on there. Um, I suppose I, I have not seen Cobra Kai yet. I'm going to. I also have that shirt and I'm not wearing it. Um, Ralph Macchio in The Karate Kid he is not a blank slate, nor is he, nor does he have like a personality. He, sorry, he sort of plays the Anakin, is it Anakin Skywalker? The like, I'm going to say it, I'm from the 80s. Uh, I know it's not, let's just put me back there where he plays the whining, crying girl character that's also Frodo. That is a version of the male hero where they're just, I know that's not girls whining and crying. Yeah, yeah. Most, Uh, most girls have- Did you see the boys? Did we talk about that? Boys. Oh, have the you seen cop, the new the, season? No, I've only it's seen not the out first. yet. Oh shit, it's coming soon, right? It's coming very soon. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. So did you see the first one? Yes. 
Okay, so the protagonist, the the main character whose name escapes me. Yeah. Uh, but did you know that that actor is the son of um, one of the Quades and Meg Ryan? <laughs> the other person that's yeah. small that got big? Yeah. And now he's oh. a fabulous actor. I love him in that role. He's so good. Goddamn. Uh, anyway, yeah, he's definitely that. I guess it's reluctant hero. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That I mean, Luke Skywalker was that, but then he transitioned into being embracing the the role. There's a curmudgeon reluctant hero, but then there's the like the whiny reluctant hero. Yeah, there's I'm too old for this shit. Like <laughs> curmudgeonly uh, hero. And sometimes that's the one that's drinking. Yeah, Jessica Jones. Uh, who is there? Is there one where there's like the earnest chipper? I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of here because he really wanted to be a hero who like yeah. wakes up and like I'm eating my Wheaties because I love it. I want to yes, do this thing. Yes. Yeah, he has the baggage of mom died, and I'm very sad about it. But he's mostly very up and chipper. Yeah, uh, I mean, Paul Rudd's pretty plucky, like Ant Man. Was he excited to be a hero? He was kind of mostly a screw-up. And then trying to figure out how to not be a screw-up. Yeah, but I also think he embraced it in the sense that, like, he knew his little girl liked it. And he was, like, um, he was, like, leaning into it. And he's like, yeah, it is pretty cool. I'm Um, having a flash of a fireman movie. Fire movie. Kurt Russell. Oh, Backdraft. Yeah. He was was sad because something happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think somebody died and it was on his watch and he was very sad about it. Yeah. He was basically the same character that he played in Stargate where um <laughs> where he was sad cuz his son had died and um he yeah. Can <laughs> we just Russell. take a moment just to imagine if Kurt Russell and Meg Ryan had made people just Kurt Russell and Meg Ryan yeah, I was just thinking earlier to myself uh, with with you that uh, oh wow, uh, Dennis and and of course Meg they were together. they can make they can make people. And I don't know if Dennis is Randy. I always they always look like I they should have too. the other name. One of them is completely crazy. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. I'm not sure if we can pick though. No, uh, like one of them is like on YouTube, like claiming that aliens are running the government and shit. <laughs> Which is only crazy if it's not true. Um, true. What do we know? So, <laughs> no, I just was like, oh, Meg Ryan, the numbers of times that I've imagined her uh, making people or having sex with just about any of the people you can imagine her. Like back in the day, we were like, Meg Ryan was an archetype of romantic comedy. Like she. I think I was a little too young to give a crap. Like she was too. I was never. She was never like a a sex object to me. <laughs> yeah, I, she's not actually a sex object so much as a I mean like sex symbol is the word I meant. Yeah, no, no, no. Like that's not she even was. A, she was America's sweetheart, right? That Everybody is not was... a sex symbol though. Hmm. America's sweetheart is not the woman you fuck. It's the one okay. you take home to your family and marry. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that weird? Fair enough. Because she's like, she's not Sharon Stone. Same. All right. No, you're right. You're right. right. Yeah, that makes sense. So I was thinking she's a cuddle. So I guess she was never, she wasn't a sex symbol for anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Yeah, but you could imagine her being the mom of someone eventually. That's the okay. thing. Yeah, I would so make her have my children and feed them. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a fantasy? Mm, I'm just going to let have... that one sit for a little while because it's really awkward. <laughs> yeah, but Kurt yeah. Russell, okay. Kurt Russell, here's a weird movie that's sexy and unexpected. Silkwood, have you seen it? No. Um, Wait. No. Is it a Western? No. It's Meryl Streep, Kurt Russell, and Cher living in this, like, they work in this factory town. And I think there's some sort of, like, radioactive meltdown or something that happens. I don't know why. It's just, it's a, it's, it's like a hot movie. It's a little sweaty. And for some reason, everybody's really fucking sexy in that movie. Wow. And I can't remember older? who's having sex with who. It is older. I think seven. Okay. Is it 78, 82? Older. It's older. Silkwood. I have not even heard of this, I don't think. I went through. Meryl Streep and Kurt Russell. Yeah, I went through a phase where, uh, you know, people drink. There are people who drink. And uh, <laughs> I did drink. And then I became a person who stopped drinking. Um, but there are these times when, like, consoling oneself, I would get in states where the only thing that could have me feel better was looking at videos of uh, Meryl Streep in interviews or, uh, like, just on YouTube. This is back in, like, uh, 2007 through 10 or so. Or Marilyn Ricecub, who's from – she was the Chloe in 24. I would watch Marilyn Ricecub uh, interviews on late-night shows and stuff because they're both hilarious and adorable or whatnot. So then I started watching – all of the old Meryl Streep movies, like Out of Africa, Silkwood, um, this really weird thing with Robert De Niro where I discovered, oh, my God, R Robert De Niro is a horrifyingly unattractive kisser. And they discovered it, too, in that movie. Wait, is that Meryl the Street? one where he punches the, gla the pane glass window? Nah, I don't know. Because I think that was Meryl Streep. I could they be They met on a train. They meet on a train and they have an affair. And it's the worst on-screen kissing I've ever seen. And then I've never seen De Niro kissing anyone ever, ever since in any movie since then. Um, hilariously, even he's in this movie where he's a producer, he's a Hollywood producer, and his ex-wife is Taya Leone. And they have a scene where they talk, and then it seems like they would kiss and then have sex. Uh, and, then, and then they just somehow, with one of the coolest actors in the world, don't do any of the kissing or the sexing. They just go from the scene... Cut, cut, out of bed. Wow, that must have been wonderful. I think you should just go back. We should figure out what the fuck this movie is called and watch it. Because I... It was like in sex. It's the way in which sometimes sex is like, Ew, why? No! Why would anyone do that? Is how their kiss went. Whew. De Niro, awful. Awful kisser. I might be willing to say that to his face. You're a terrible kisser. <laughs> is this, I feel like I came across this secret and then everybody knows it, but no one talks about it out loud. Is this true? Also, I hear you're great at charades. Uh, you, that's very specific too. People who love you call you Bobby, but that's, we've just met. I had one more thing on Wayne's world. If you uh, want to just like, also, yeah. did you know that we never opened the show? Oh my gosh. This is the <laughs> Let's show. do it at the end. Let's do it at the end. Perfect. Okay. Um, so uh, Wayne's World.
uh, prevailing thought. It was delightful. It's mm-hmm. very weird. Like it, it, like more so than I remember. And I've seen it quite a bit, but I hadn't seen it in a while. And it, the, I guess I've learned more about <laughs> story structure and the formula for movies. And I'm like, huh. wow, this is strange. <laughs> but the, the one thing that I was uh, really taken by is this movie predicted YouTube. Ooh. That's what it is. The whole movie is based up on these two guys in a basement who happen to get their own TV show. And it's so weird. And then and everybody's like, I don't know what this is, but I can't stop watching it. And then right after the opening scene where they're like the camera is moving around their little studio in their basement. Uh Then they start doing direct to camera shit where they're narrating what's going on. And they're like, hi, my name's Wayne and I live in something, Indiana. I don't remember (laughs) Illinois or whatever. Um, Yeah. Cause they're in Chicago. Uh, But they get like the, the weird show, the quirky, like, what is this? People like this. And and then on top of that, the movie itself has all this like direct to camera, like turning and like talking and, and being like, oh, she will be mine and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, this is this movie it predicted YouTube in the sense that the fact that this movie was a cult classic or became a cult classic validates that there is an audience for this kind of thing. And it's so much youtube um, do you not did you because you were on a tree farm uh during this did you not have cable access because cable access was a thing so their their show is on is cable so every which still exists everyone yeah. back in the 80s and 90s had the opportunity to go to their local local cable cable channels had right studios where you could create any fucking show you wanted to and yep. so people did so they would create in the basement or they put set pieces in the studio i used to watch on cable access i remember there was a i'm gonna say a russian woman i don't know eastern block a russian woman who was showing bidet attachments for your tub it's very fascinating uh older plump lady also there were uh, they would show the dance club like the all ages dance club had its own show downtown, the city and all these other weird ass shows that you could just do for free. If you took the like two hour weekend workshop, how to move the knobs and turn the things and they'll just hand you cameras. The the only point that, that I'll make is that back then, because I knew that sort of thing existed, even though I didn't watch it back then that was like, weirdos it though first of all they were weirdos doing it and people who watched it were also weirdos like yeah. what why are you watching this this is so stupid there was but a point what where i'm nothing saying was is w- w- what there's a point in television where nothing was on like after the right news at right 10. and then you end up on this right yeah. but my point is that wayne's world sort of the, the premise of the show is that they're like, this thing is really silly and weird, but people seem to like it. So then the big evil corporation comes in and tries to buy up their show. Yeah. <clears throat> so 
what I'm saying is like this was predicting that YouTube is not just a fringe thing or that these cable access things were not just a fringe for weirdos by weirdos. Yeah. Uh, it That everybody's weirdos in a sense that YouTube was like, oh, no, everybody wants to watch people doing this stuff and and way more people want to make it than was ever hinted at by the cable access thing. That is fair. Yeah, my first band, uh, Tuesday's Taken, we kept joking that we would have just crazy shit happen in our lives as we were trying to book our band and like hang out with people and network and move around. It was like, this should be in our documentary because like documentaries were becoming a thing. Madonna had hers and, you know, uh, real world was a thing. Right. Behind the scenes stuff. And it's like he and I, Mer and I have joked that like if we had had cell phones in our camera, our band probably would have been actually known and had like a channel and people following us and known more for that and our shenanigans than our actual music. And I was like, yeah, would have been ridiculously useful to us at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're coming up on time here and we did talk about movies pretty much the entire time. time. So I would, I would count that as a win. (laughs) Look at us. We did the thing. Welcome to enlightened couch potato. I've been Adrienne Gunn. And I'm Nicholas Rave. And I might copy paste this to the beginning of the video or screw it. We'll just see it. TV deeply. Have fun, everyone. We'll see you next (laughs) week, maybe. All right. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Bye. Bye.